<laughs> this is the most exciting thing that's happened to me today, sir. The show crap it out. I guess we should all be used to it now. Doesn't surprise me. Just finished watching the fight, so let's start. You are now about to witness the awesome uh, crushing of my uh, of the UGS Robinson a show my voice is kind of hoarse stop it welcome my friends the kids outside playing in their little inflatable pool i am inside having just finished watching the fights do these glasses make me look smarter <laughs> uh this is version one seven a one of the UGS Robinson Show Stomper. I am your host, Eugene S. According to Pete, that's what Petey Welsh, boxing coach on the Ultimate Fighter TV show, used to call me Eugene S. There are a lot to talk about. Most specifically, 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 this UFC, oopsie that we last saw, Gone versus Volkov. And, and uh, we can't. We can't release a Death Metal Oxbow shirt because I, they're like six of, of these left and nobody's bought them. So, um, uh, like Tony Montana says, I'm paranoid. Can't have my garage full. It actually is in Kansas, but whatever. Listen, Bob Riley, singing us in like he has since 2007. Because I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. Being blatant, that's not true. Always nothing. Uh, I'm, I'm crossing wires here, and it's okay because we got a late start because of the, the YouTube crash. There are black. If you go to oxbow.merchtable.com and click on rare, you see uh, slightly distressed black T-shirts that are for sale. Those are the ones mostly that, that, are, that are hanging us up. So they're in black, and I know I just had two guys buy them. They sent me photos, um, so they're there. But I, I, I literally, I, I'm trying to... Um, I'm trying to do on-demand stuff, and that's where Hydra Head was uh, right right toward the end because they also got tired of uh, – uh, no, if you go to apparel, there's it, it, it one white shirt there. If you click on rare, you have uh, – and the only reason that they're listed as slightly distressed is because the photo that the guy Scott Rosell took – Scott Rosell from, from Green Jelly um, and also runs Black House Records – it was different from the photo, and they go, you, get, you either got to change the photo, retake the photos or change the shirts, because we don't want people going, hey, this is slightly different than the photo. So it's just that it deviates from the photo. It's not like the T-shirts are, are shitty. They're called distressed or something. 
But uh, we're we're down. I mean, literally, we're down down to the end. I would almost buy them back myself, except that violates. Kafka said it best. The children were given the choice as to whether they would be kings or couriers of kings. As children would, they all chose to be couriers of kings. Which, since there were no kings, made the job essentially meaningless. They would have liked to given up their miserable game, but for their original oath of service. And that's a Kafka quote. Start your show out 171 with Kafka. Hey, you're not going to get that any other place in, in, in the MMA world. Okay, so now I'm using the wife's computer. I can see the battery the thing going down. So I'm just going to talk faster. We're going to get right into it. Commercials. Patreon.com slash, uh, slash uh, uh, Stomper or the Stomperville. I can never remember which. You got the Venmo. <laughs> you got the Venmo. You got the Cash App. Cash App, it only took me 10 minutes to figure out how to get your money out, fella. Uh, there's a guy who just says me stuff. <laughs> Cash App. And all, so now 15, now 10. Eventually, I'll be able to do it right away. And I'll even remember the password so it won't accrue. Um, Patreon.com uh, slash uh, uh, the Stomper, Stomperville, Venmo. Uh, 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 Venmo Cash App or uh, Pinko95014 at yahoo.com for those who just want to go straight PayPal or like Tommy LB, Tommy Pounds. Uh, he's in the uh, executive presidential level, got, uses the mail. Nothing wrong with the mail, especially since I don't have it come to my house anymore because I don't trust the mail people. It goes straight to the post office. So, uh, and of course, then I got to go to the post office different times because I get paranoid about people knowing what time I go to the post office. So anyway, that's the those are the commercials. I didn't get to do the bit about Huntington Beach, Stigmata, All of Nothing uh, it being the song, uh, Calling of the Just being the CD. It's still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they shoot you to death in a nightclub, uh, hit your car with a hammer, and or make it easy for your pro tem mayor to quit and go back to stealing checks from Tank Abbott's truck. Any case, this is 171, and I just finished watching uh, uh, the UFC from last night. Just finished. Started yesterday with ESPN+. Plus. Watch it in dribbles and drabs. And one of you who was communicating with me on the on the Twitter machine was like, Eugene, are you watching this? I go, yeah, 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 I, I, I'm watching it. But I'm watching it in, in fits and starts. I like, I'm like half-ass watching. By half-ass watching it, I mean I'm watching it on this. All right? I'm uh, look, look at the baby. Oh, you can see the baby on my phone. Look, she's an angry baby. She's an angry baby. Um, and uh, so I'm watching it on that so I can carry it with me. So I'm hanging out with the kid. She fell asleep. And I could watch for, for her nap. She fell asleep on my chest. She had a nap for, you know, an hour. So we could watch it. And and it was definitely F.R. Levis or C.P. Snow, British philosophers, um, who said uh, did a book called Two Cultures? It was two fights, and and uh, I'm not saying anything revolutionary. That you guys you know that the undercard, the prelims were, were were better than than the main card. This is not surprising. It happens, but more importantly, I came to the conclusion. And keep in mind, usually I watch the shows the night before, so I've had time to sleep on it. This time, I spent the night writing um, writing the Substack. 
So if you have you can when I say subscribe to the Substack, some of you need to know that you don't have to pay to subscribe. You can subscribe for free. The paying thing like this show is something that comes later. You can do it later as the mood strikes you or as you are able. It was nice to see Steph and her husband. They did so yesterday, and it was nice. It was nice, and uh, and uh, and Kid Nate did. I, I'm not. It's like the bar. Yeah. We don't say that you got to go home, but you can't stay here. It's like the exact. We don't say we don't say you got to subscribe, but if you do subscribe, you got to read it. I, I'm more interested in you in you reading it than than I, than I am in in you subscribing. If you're gonna subscribe and not read it, I don't care. <laughs> But if you're going to read it, you can read it without subscribing. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't know who won Care Don't Care this week. I suspect I did not. I didn't have that many cares. And I, the thing is, Steph writes his stuff down because I never remember. I do remember I picked Volkov, which was a, a terrible mistake. But I, let's go backwards into the fight because it's fresh in my head, and I just watched it. And I've come to, I've come to a, very, a very specific conclusion, which some of you, if you've lived life long enough, and had a dating life, you may have heard, I've come to the conclusion that it's not the fights, it's me. It's not them, it's me. Or us, depending on where you're going to fall in this line that I'm about to lay out. And the line I'm about to lay out is, I'm watching this fight with a jaundiced eye, and I'm like, keep in mind, unless you have a clock that runs backwards at home, Time is your most precious asset, and it's, 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 it's limited. And I've been saying this. A, a friend of mine, uh, actually Marty G, you know Marty G, and we're going to put up a JJB today. I know I've been saying that, but we're really going to do it. His, his mother just died, and his father is very sick. And, and I said, you know, I'm sure you've been able to feel this. He, he's about 10 years younger than me or something like maybe more than that. Yeah, he's more than that. But I said, in the next 10 years, what you're going to start to feel is something strange. And fundamentally, like there were, there were a couple of different road signs for this. Like when I essentially extended my, my genetic pattern into the future, I could feel that my body suddenly was like, yeah, whatever. I, I felt that there was an internal dialogue. Like once my genes... Got off what was clearly the sinking ship of Eugene S. Robinson into progeny. That if things work right, would live, knock on wood, that would live well longer to the original ship of Eugene S. Robinson. My body was like, whatever. Want to eat 12 pounds of red meat? Go ahead. Want to take fentanyl? Go ahead. Want to... <laughs> Want to drive? And you, one time I drove and I didn't remember driving the last 30 miles. I was that tired. Like, I, I, I though it was like I was a battle gritting my teeth, but I didn't remember anything about what happened for 30 minutes after this drive. I was driving down 101 to Southern California. Go ahead. I don't know about you. But we got some other place to go. So good luck with that. And you could feel your body at the at the birth of your progeny pretty much saying, fuck you. We're done with you. You are a finite asset. 
So th these are road markers. And, and we, were, we were talking about uh, uh, Marty G's mother. And I said, this only works if you are, uh, um, yeah, right. If you, if you, it only works if you, um, if you get that feedback call and response. Like I had this meditation 24, 25 years ago. But it's not just with the birth of kids that happens. It's other things. And it's not just physical things. You think, oh, you usually say, oh, I can't. It's harder to get upstairs. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm actually talking about the process by which your body, like go read Martin Amos's Time's Arrow. I love this book. Because the book, everything in the book goes backwards, right? So, <laughs> uh, so everybody in the book gets younger, <laughs> right? So they start life confused and the so reversing that going out, you can feel, I can I can feel it. And they say Alzheimer's. I think Alzheimer's is connected to to you you essentially rub the insulation off of off of the, the you know the mylar, there's just shafts off of your 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 neurons. Yeah, and so that you're shorting, you're shorting. Part of it, you do it, you don't get enough sleep. Last night. You might be able to tell I got four hours of sleep because I was working on the newsletter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. So uh, your body sends certain signals like, you know, you're done, you're done, you're done. This thing I had with the intestines and I'm back to training now. Um, I'm still, I'm still, I got a scale now because I wasn't believing the lying scale and the batteries, all that stuff. Got the old fashioned kind. I still have only gained two pounds, but I'm forcing myself to eat three meals a day. You can you can look and see my formerly ill-fitting gi in the in the BJJ that I'll run after the show. My formerly ill-fitting gi actually fits now. Everybody else has gone the other way. Sorrow went to a wedding, had to borrow a suit from me. I'm a 44 regular. My 44 regular suit did not barely fit him's fat ass, if you can believe it. If you can believe that, keeps trying to tell me he's 180. I go, you don't even fit in my 44. I thought for sure he's going to bend down and rip the pants, much like the story I told in the Substack. But I'm watching this fight, Volkov and Gone, and I'm like, I started to feel like the Boston market. And some of you won't know what that means. You have to go back to the old knuckle up to know to understand the Boston book. <laughs> the Boston market meme of a guy who always goes to Boston market to complain about going to Boston market while he's at Boston market. It's clear that he's having a love affair with Boston market that he can't admit to. And I'm starting to feel like that guy. I'm watching gone. I'm watching Volkov. Yeah. Okay. There's keep in mind as well from care, don't care that the reason we got into this touting, that the reason we got into the competitive thing is clearly because the fights weren't engaging enough. It's like when a band is playing and, you know, there's a certain point where you look out and you see a pit and you go, oh, people are really being moved by the music. And then there's other points where you look down the pit and you go, hmm, they're bored by the music. And so they're acting out. <laughs> that's what we're, well, who's, who won? Who won? Care, don't care. That's a sideline that's become the main line because these fights are fucking dreary. Now, now there are a couple of things that make it so. And dreary, in recognition of the same, 
is is anti-hype. Yeah. So it is clear to me that they're trying to position Gon either for a move into the French market or for whatever reason. Guy's got a good story. I like seems to be a fairly, fairly genial guy. I like him. But the fighter that they were talking about was not the fighter I was seeing. And then the articles that some of these MM, the MMA publications are, uh, are publishing the night of the fight, which I was reading last night instead of sleeping like I should have been, are spinning. They're not, they're, they're spinning it. They're not, it's interesting. They're not, uh, they're not giving it to you straight. You're telling me what I you you are the you are the, the the verbal equivalent of a of a of a of a laugh track. An indication of how I'm supposed to feel about Cyril Gon, putting it in place and in context. And I have to tell you, he's a friend of Knuckle Up, so I hate to speak friends of, ill of friends of Knuckle Up, but uh man, uh, DC uh, and maybe he should focus more on coaching the wrestling team. That's all. That's maybe a nice way to say it. But it's, I felt like I felt like Sam I am, not the band, the character in the book. And the green eggs and ham of Cyril Gann was not something that, you know, I am not impressed with his performance. And I'm not even as impressed with his performance as clearly Volkov was, who was afraid. Volkov didn't do didn't do a calculation uh, didn't do a calculation with that, and the calculation that he needed to do with that was, huh, what looks better, getting knocked out by Gon, or having him pity pat outpoint me to a unanimous decision or a split or whatever, because whatever calculation he made, that look is terrible, terrible. If I was somewhere in the oofsie vicinity, like I used to go to the post-fight pressers, if I was at some point during the post-fight presser, I would catch the eye, I would turn my head and catch the eye of Sean Shelby, also known as Keith, and just go. How, how, you know, how are you going to fix this? How are you going to fix this? Who are you going to put this guy against? And hey, you got heavyweight problems, and now you got you know, now you got a Johnny Boney Joni sitting on top of your oil tanker like Mad Max and Road Warrior. Say, you want to get out of here? Come through me, and he's right. Somebody, somebody dared whisper, "What do you? Oh, Cyril Gan and Francis Ngannou, huh? Huh?" You think that's going to be an exciting fight? If Cyril Gan wins that fight, you've blown up your heavyweight division. And I'm not even saying he's going to win. And and Ganu beats him, then you've got a, a, this prospect stuff. And, you know, there were fights like this, like the, the Nigerian guy who kept talking about Jesus, who didn't come alive to the third round, uh, Kennedy uh, in, in Juku. 
The guy is clearly being positioned. He looks like fucking poop every time I see him fight. And, oh, he's a slow starter. And it's clear that with the news that the UFC is building a performance institute in Africa and they're going to do some events in Africa and they're anticipating with Israel, with Usman, with Ngannou, that they have to, with three champions you know, from, from Nigeria, that they got to do an event in Africa. This is, was a thriller in, you know, the well, thriller in Manila, that, the rumble in the jungle, eh, Zaire, you know, that there's, there's probably a way that they could do, make, make hay off of that. They get a, a lot of money for paper, yeah, whatever. So, so, so I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, who, who said in the comments? It's just some, yeah, Ebert, this is it. We're good at fighting. That's it. That's it. I mean, and, you know, the sport league that, that Gone came from, listen, part of it is the French thing. I, I don't, I don't, you've heard me talk about going to MMA matches in France for a long time. They had a real interesting cage setup where essentially they had like a five sided ring with five ropes. <laughs> and if you were fighting standing up, you could fight standing up. If you were on the ground, you could fight on the ground, but you could, you had to, if you were fighting standing up, you were striking. And if you were on the ground, you were grappling. You couldn't strike on the ground. And I don't can't remember how they, I think throws were allowed. So it was weird, some neither fish nor fowl thing, rule set that was designed to, it was great. It was really enjoyable seeing the fights. I was in Marseille. But it doesn't, three hours, three hours. How can we, this, we have no clocks in this house run backwards. Three hours. My body is going, that's when you want to spend your time. Go ahead. Go ahead. Why don't you take some fentanyl while you're at it? Go ahead. You, I got four possible escape routes off the island of Eugene S. Robinson with your offspring. You can waste your time any way you like. So I watch him. I stay up late. I watch him today when the kid is sleeping. She's outside playing now. You know, and, uh, 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 I would rather spend the time with that. Whatever. Gone was not worth it. And we say, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, it's okay. But, you know, it's sometimes two slaps and a kiss. Two slaps and a kiss. Two crappy fights, one good fight. Two crappy fights, one good fight. Oh, Dustin Poirier and, and McAnal. Part three, you know what trilogies are good for, right? Yep. Godfather Part Three, you like that movie? Like that? No, you didn't. And, and good for Dustin, got to get rich. I mean, what, what's great about this is if Dustin loses his fight, he's fundamentally done, which he should be fine with based on how much money he's getting from it. If McNuggets loses his fight, as, as rich as he's made Dustin, there'll still be cats lining up who want to fight him. And that's, and that's fine. I don't know that anybody else wants to see a Rolls Royce, a, a strutting, what is the not Pampa, uh, I, there's a word for, for a type of rooster. I can't think of it right now. But, you know, 150 50 millionaire, is that comfortable to see? I look at whole joking and all I see like the guys in the deserted island when they're starving to death and one guy looks like a hot dog and the other guy looks like a like a like a like a hamburger. 
I look at Hogan and that's all I see. I, I look at McAnal and that's kind of all I see. That's all I see. That's all I'm seeing. So, you know, uh, and then, uh, like, that wasn't bad enough. Like, that wasn't bad enough. OSP and uh, and, and Tanner Bozer. Like, this is the co-main? I actually feel sick to my stomach when I contemplate. Maybe it's the glasses. <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe that's making me feel slightly nauseous. <laughs> I mean, uh, he grabbed the controvert. Did he grab the fence? Did he grab? You do realize it's it, it's OSP OSB we're talking about, right? In other words, short of actually shooting somebody to death in the cage, like the Brits say, I could be arsed, or could not be arsed. Now there were other fights on the card that were you know, to means. Uh, I watched them all. Every single one. Every single one. Every single one. Uh, the, the, the woman fight was great, and uh, but here I am after three hours. Watch, watch some of them last night. Watch the rest of them now today, and I'm like, Peggy Lee. Is that all there is? Is that all there is? And and honest to God, I keep saying this, and I know it's like the guy who keeps it. If I have to get off this bar stool, if I have to get off it, face it, you're never getting off that fucking bar stool. You're wrong. You're absolutely positively wrong. I will I will turn this thing around if you got if you Sean Shelby, also known as Keith, don't straighten up. I, you know what? I, I've I've had a special. Um, um, I, I had a special skill, and this has been aided and abetted by 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 the internet to a certain degree, or Lord Dunsany, as I've mentioned before. And that skill is the absence of I've, I've been able to successfully control the absence or presence of nostalgia in my life, aided and abetted aggressively by by the internet. Ah, oh, gee. Uh, I wonder what Judy is doing these days. Let me check. Oh, no longer interested in what Judy is doing these days. Somehow. Somehow. Yeah, n- nostalgia. Nostalgia is a, is, is a terrible thing. It's, it's made you make many mistakes. A friend of mine wanted to ignore the information coming to him from Facebook, wanted to re-up from a woman who tried to have him intern the mental in mental institution. And they were about to have a date and things started to go south and he started to find himself falling into an old familiar pattern like he was when she was shoving the phone at him and saying, I want you to call them now and get yourself checked in. And he was like, <laughs> nah, I'm in my 50s now. This nostalgia won't work for me. 
and Don Fry is talking about wanting to fight fight Francis Ngannou. How good things used to be. You know what? You know that's the thing. You know that's. I'll give you an example that somebody decided somehow that it made sense to colorize videos of Nazis. And at first I thought, ah, this is this is kind of jive-ass. This is not... But then watching the, the reason why I tend to, at nighttime, like, say, film noir, 40s, black and white movies, because there's an oniric quality, a dream quality to, to black and white. So I'm guessing the colorizer, and I think I might have this right, said we wanted to contextualize it from the point of view of now. Like this was a real thing, right? Like people who lived in cities and drove cars and had jobs suddenly couldn't sit in parks and then got a decree that they need to show up at a certain time, one o'clock and with a toothbrush and clean the sidewalks. I mean, this shit happened. There were, I mean, store out. So somehow colorizing it makes it like, oh, oh. And it was somewhat, Spielberg somewhat did that in, in Schindler's List when he decided to give the girl, suddenly it's black and white, and then there's a girl with the red coat. I mean, the real versus the image of the real and the space between both and our imagining of how things used to be, this is dangerous and damning. Dangerous and damning. So if you're sitting here thinking about, oh man, remember how I mean, you remember when Chelsea got beaten by Anderson Silva? Remember when Anderson Silva beat uh, uh, Forrest Griffin? Remember, 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 remember nothing. I don't have the time for it. I absolutely don't. Doesn't matter to them. Really doesn't matter to them. I don't, and maybe it's not for me. Maybe, maybe it's it's not for me. I mean, maybe that's the thing. Maybe Boston Market is. I was driving around San Francisco with this friend of mine once, and and she was saying Marcy Friedman was her name, and she we were watching this guy. We're both sitting at a red light, and we're talking. And there's a lull in the conversation, and we're watching this guy walk across the street. And I start doing a narration for the guy, and what I'm saying is like. Yeah, I'm really trying to figure out if San Francisco is just is right for me. And that became like a, a meme with us too, you know. And she eventually realized, well, it was funny, but it wasn't a joke. Because she decided after a lifelong San Francisco, she goes, San Francisco is not for me. She moved to left, lives in Los Angeles, bought a bought a condo or something, lives down there. And this is like 27 years ago that I met this woman. So I find myself working up to it, working up to it. But they don't have a lot of good choices left, which is why you're saying, and don't believe, based on what I said last week, and then they released these half-assed figures, you know, for for how much they paid uh, 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 Nate, Nate for his fight. Don't believe it. And Nate got $500,000 for his fight. Uh, Yeah, they want you to think that. We have friends in newspapers. They might like a story like that. 
And I'm not, of course, and I say, well, we don't know the exact figures. These are estimated figures. It, it redounds to their benefit. Now he's not getting the same 20, 20, you know, 20 decay to, 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 to show money and the 20, he's not getting that kind of crappy jack, but I guarantee you, God is my witness that he doesn't, didn't just put a check for $500,000 in the bank. He got more. But it helps serve the narrative. It, like anything else, it helps keep the underclasses the underclasses. So you can give how much did OSP make for that fight? It doesn't matter because he's OSP. I tell you, give him, a friend of mine, <laughs> uh, it's not funny, it's kind of predatory, but he was dead in, uh, in a mental institution and he would say, hey, hey, I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, I, I just did. I go, what did you pay? He goes, a partially eaten 7-Eleven sandwich and a bag of M&Ms. I guess when the person you're having sex with is in a mental institution, second time we mentioned mental institutions, this show, I guess you can get away with that. So I'm not sticking around. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sticking around. I'm not going to stick around because you've got a business model that, like, I start listening to heavy metal. I still listen to heavy metal. But the heavy metal I listen to as a 13-year-old is different from the heavy metal I listen to as a 58-year-old. Now, to a certain degree, the music that I listen to is nostalgia-bound. Like, hardcore. Here's here's my, (laughs) my bag... My bag for, from Al. Man, I'd be loving me some hardcore, right? But I'm not going to hardcore shows now, and I wouldn't want to. There's one band, Scatterbox, who are, like they're probably about 10 years younger than me, 15 years younger than me. It's got that guy from Green Jelly, Scott Roselle, who runs Black House Records, who I was telling you about. And they were just old enough to have heard the real shit. And so it's like it's like a loving tribute. And I can I love them. Now listen to them. They're just gonna send me some of the new stuff that came out. But this nostalgia. It's it's binary. It it, it really is binary. How many more oofsies will you watch? This is knowable. It may be unknown, but it is knowable. So to double back to, to Marty G's mother, if your body, if you have this feedback mechanism by which you can communicate with your body, like, I'm dying. Yeah, you're dying. And you could, like I had my great aunt. She was going to funerals all the time. Go, Auntie, why do you keep going to funerals? Why? Ah, you know, it's just this part of it. Was that was her, her, her? What was the, the genes that she was left with that hadn't jumped ship to her progeny? And she never had kids. We're like, get ready for this. Get ready for this. Get ready for this. And you should be okay with this. You know how many cars I've had in my life. I remember the very first one, and I remember the very last one. I don't know about the future. I don't, the one I'm driving now, 
There are a lot of cars in between then. These are your lives. Could I recall the VINs? Could I recall the license plates? Some of them. Little traces of things that make it through when you pull up the palimpsest of your future and your future lives that you can kind of remember. But this skin suit? Yeah, there's a whole world of last things that you'll ever do. And in these relationships that you get nostalgic for, usually it's because you've been caught short, right? Like, you know, you're walking along, next thing you're broken up. I had a girlfriend fucking Friday. Things were perfectly good. Went out Friday night. By by Friday, like in the space of an hour, my relationship was... (laughs) It was up in smoke. John Butler, no. I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I went I went to jujitsu. The fight started at 10. I had it on my phone. Walked into jujitsu with it on the phone. And they go, what are you doing? Get off the phone. I go, I'm not on the phone. The fights are on. Everybody in the room said, what fights? If that room is saying that, we got pro fighters who train there. If that room at Sorrells is saying that, who's watching? I don't know. I mean, it's like that old joke about two Yiddish guys, two best friends, and one guy walks in the house and finds, finds his best friend, you know, fucking his wife. He says, Freddie, I have to, but you... <laughs> I'm media. I gotta watch. But you? Well, I'm not real media. I don't make a lot of money doing this, so I gotta be like, I'm watching it. Noble but unknown. Nostalgic. This space is like, man. If I'd known that was gonna be the last time, I, you know. But you can keep going with that last time. How many times were you gonna have sex with an ex for the last time? Before it becomes like all the time and every time and then the future. No, you got to plan for it. And being distinctly separated from nostalgia will help you. There is no more fun time with, with the with the with the UFC. <laughs> Naked people. There is no more fun time with, with the UFC. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I that that good year. That was one of the great greatest Wu Tang lines. He just kind of had to throw a ghost face threw it off. He's like, gonna call that a good year. I don't want to say I don't want to say they were absolute shit because I don't want to I don't want to devalue the effort of the guys that are in there. But no, 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 it's not my last show on MMA. But listen, you know, but there are guys as long as Johnny Boney Jonies are like, you know, there's probably let's call them the council of five. There are probably five people around who are, are largely resulting in me still paying attention. Johnny Bonjo is making claims that he will continue to fight until he's 40. He still says, I'm young. So, okay. And there, and there are a few others. And did you see that the horrible story talking that Chris Weider could still possibly get his leg amputated? That was like, not the Galileo General, baby. Not the Galileo General. 
That's the real sad and weepy part of the tale that they're trying to get you to draw in. He will be the ruler of that place forever and ever. That, that's that's pretty close. That's pretty close. The nat the naturals, the, the the platonic triad guys, you know, beautiful, good, and true. These are the ones that keep you around. But there's an end to this. There is an end to this. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and I, you know, you know, you know what's killing MMA? Let me tell you what's killing MMA. Some would say it's the big, fat, bald-headed tick on the neck of the sport sucking the life out of it. But that is not nearly the issue, because, and this is why he's justified in keeping and keeping and keeping that seventeen percent. Because you could double that. You could give a, a fighter a payout of thirty-four percent, and it doesn't mean that we're going to see an improved quality of the fighter. Why? Because entertainment destroys sports and sports entertainment is always going to be an uncomfortable fit. That's it. That's it. Sports still can fall back on it being sports. If you're a baseball fan, you have no expectation that all 317 freaking baseball games they play that year are going to be exciting. It's like a raga or a tone poem. You, you appreciate the sport in general. And it's a sport. They can always go, it's a sport, which means whether or not it's entertaining is not the factor. People who are into baseball are entertained by things like people who are into stamps or golf. Football, exciting, engaging, sport. Okay, you, you think I'm, how about this? How about keep the packages, keep the backstories, keep the reality TV shows. On Tuesday night at nine o'clock, I'm just going to show you fights, which is frankly how most of us are enjoying these things, whether it's clips on YouTube or TikTok or Snapchat, whatever the fuck, we're seeing bits and pieces of, of fights. We are self-selecting ourselves out of the entertainment portion. I'm watching on my phone on ESPN Plus, and I'm skipping the commercials, and I'm skipping all the packaging stuff. And if, if the mood is right, I will actually mute the commentary. The entertainment portion is destroyed for the same reason that the heavy metal I listen to at 13, Kiss, is different from the heavy metal music I listen to at 58, Slayer. I just wrote another piece for Decibel, uh, sort of about the hip hop, not uh, metal evolution. So, so you know, you can you can hype up, you know, you can hype up the green eggs and ham. I'll, I'll look up Butler. You can hype up green eggs and ham, but even if I eat the green eggs and ham, you know, it's still green eggs and ham. And I can only get nostalgic for green eggs and ham if I'm doing what somebody suggested in the comments earlier, chasing this first sensation of when I realized green eggs and ham was great. And that's it. The degree to which this sports entertainment enterprise succeeds is the degree to which it, 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 it leads all of the intervening years and gets me to remember that initial impression or thought about when, about when 
you know, shit was really cool. And those are thoughts or feelings I can have without reaching out to Judy to see how she is today. I can have those thoughts. I can have those thoughts without doing that. Oh, I loved her so much. Let me look. Oh, she's she's collecting mushrooms. I'm gonna have to quote Mickey Rourke here from Barfly. When I think of all the things I don't want to do and all the places that I don't want to see, I get a headache. Yeah. So, do I have any more to say? Talk about the fight? I do not. <laughs> I do not. I mean, you know, so what about the guy who knocked out the other guy? And then there's that guy that they choked out the guy. And this sets us up nicely for what about the July 10th? And they got the, they go, whatever happened to International Fight Week, that thing that they were trying to create. And something else has irked me. How is it that Vegas is still having, they, they go to Texas and they go to Florida and they have a, a live in, in attendance, which I found totally irksome. Why aren't they doing that in Vegas? <laughs> Uh-huh. Epidemiology numbers come back from those live events yet? Uh-huh. That's curious. I would have thought, I mean, my, one of my kids was in Vegas celebrating her friends. So Vegas is open. She's been double vaccinated, right? Yeah. I don't forget. I don't forget international fight. That used to be like a thing. They were trying to make it a thing. That's like the guy Dalby who's trying to give him Danish dynamite. I'm changing my nickname. Changing your nickname. You do know we give you nicknames. You don't give yourself a nickname. Uh, So, I mean, I, I don't know. Can you rescue the sport of mixed martial arts? From from the entertainment. Yeah, you can. You know what they call it? Then they call it BJJ. <laughs> like, I'll give you an example of how that works. Andre, Andre Gaval and Gordon Ryan walking away from some post-match uh, interview. And uh, Ryan slaps Gaval twice. It was a nice Instagram clip. And that was all the entertainment I needed. That was probably a four-to-one ratio. Great grappling, a little bit of entertainment. It's exactly the opposite for the UFC. All right, Korea. Hey, I just got an email. You realize that, that the Eugene S. Robinson Showstopper has its own email. YouTube makes you have it. I never check it. I just found out that we're like trending in in Belarus, which has got to be because one of the guys from the Sorrel Academy is there now on vacation. I can't imagine everybody in Belarus. I got to go. I got to actually do a worldwide tour where I show up at your school and and like train. I've done that. Manimal in Milan. Fucking love you guys. Berserker in Poland. Love you guys. The place in Marseille that doesn't even have a name. Love you guys. Worldwide, worldwide, Eugene Robinson, bad, nationwide, international wide. Uh-huh. 
Street Beefs. Somebody was trying to remember the name of Street Beefs today, and they were actually talking about that in a really significant way. Well, that's the thing. You know, yeah, we come to be entertained by the sport, but that wasn't saving the oofsie. The oofsie was about to fail and be dumped by the Fertitas, and it was that fucking TV show that saved it. Because suddenly, like the demiurge in traditional classical Greek philosophy, somehow that TV show focused and communicated to the, to the delta to the average person. Keep in mind, that's what average is like. That's where the numbers are, the average person in the middle. Communicated for them in terms that they could understand what the fight game was about. That was a show. And so from their point of view, they go like, what can't entertainment solve? I, I don't know. Let's go ask Peter Worth. You don't remember who Peter Worth is, huh? He was an Equus. It was a blockbuster hit of the 70s. Let's go ask Michael Moriarty. Ah, you don't remember who he is, right? You don't, you don't remember who he is. Well, he was another. I mean. Well, that's not sport, Eugene. There's a constancy to boxing. Yeah, yeah. So who's the Muhammad Ali corollary that we got in boxing right now? Tyson Fury? Wilder? Wilder. I had to call him Wilder right now because I suddenly wasn't sure what his first name is. Is it Duncan Wilder? Or do I just have a friend named Duncan Wilder? I don't know. What's his first name? How did we get here? How did entertainment kill everything? Well, entertainment is like nostalgia. Nostalgia is like Deontay. Thank you. The uh, entertainment is like nostalgia. Nostalgia is like entertainment. It's a fun way to while away a meditation that should more rightfully be spent looking at the clock. Yeah, but I can't help but feel like I'm being sold something with this Tyson the Tyson Fury and this Deontay Wilder thing. Like, I'm not buying it. I don't buy ah. It's like watching the guy find the red, 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 find the red. Find the red, find the red. I know the red is under one of these shells. I don't know where it is. Fury seems legit to me. I like him. The old gypsy traveler thing. <clears throat> Deontay seems out of his mind. Yeah, yeah, you you are you are being sold something, right? But <clears throat> but usually there's a one-to-one correlation with what you're being sold. Really, Eugene? Yes. Hey. You want to buy some safety glasses? These are safety glasses. I can sell you safety glasses. And you take them home and go, man, I'm glad I bought those safety glasses from Eugene. Like Albini once said, if you went into a store and asked for toilet paper and they gave you sandpaper, you'd be pretty upset later. And I'm sure the bald one, I'm sure the bald one, if you were here, was like, there's no trickery going on here. You got what you paid for. Which, in a clever way, 
makes the responsibility ours. It's our responsibility. All right, the computer has gone in the red. I, I can't reach the charging cable. We're at 52 minutes anyway. You had seven minutes of total silence at the beginning of the old show because I screwed up. <clears throat> Take a vote. Well, I could run out the last eight minutes <clears throat> and then the computer crashes and I don't know if it would save it correctly for June to do her magic. Or I could wind up now and I think I'll probably wind up now. There was no care, don't care. There was no care, don't care today because there's no fight next weekend, which is when International Fight Week uh, <clears throat> usually is, and that's why I thought of it. Of course, th there will be a show stomper next week. <clears throat> but I've actually started to figure out a few things about, ah, God, I'm dying. <clears throat> about how to get uh, uh, other, other hosts out here. I know I keep saying that, but now I've actually been able to do it. <laughs> But, I, I, you know, we should, how about this? As an anti-Boston market MO, let's enjoy, what is that theme song from some TV show? Enjoy this time we have together, the, the honeymooners, I, I don't remember. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't pick McAnal if he showed up with a machine gun. <laughs> So we're going to enjoy this time together. Let's enjoy this time together and realize that, you know, at some point, like a friend of mine who's leaving to go to Australia said, I'm going to stay ahead of disaster this time. <coughs> and, you know, rather than go back to Boston Market to complain about Boston Market and be sensitive to rhymes and riddles, signs and signals, put your finger in the air, see which way the wind is blowing. Pick your, your personal council of five. Stick around as long as they're involved. But this stuff. Somebody said in, in, in comments that I thought was pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody said in comments that they, they said, knuckle up is very different from the show stomper. Well, knuckle up was, you know, alternatively in a car, not in a car. It was micro focused. I had guests on. I think they meant deeper in a deeper sense. And so there are no fights next week, but there'll be a show. And, and I, I'm already anticipating, I'm already anticipating what the show's gonna be about because I, I banked one interview for um for five easy pieces. Now, <clears throat> five easy pieces is not I like to run it once a month. <laughs> what the fuck? <clears throat> <coughs> Excuse me. Five easy pieces I like to run once a month. That's it, once a month. But this one I might I might go a little bit early, or I might do a Fourth of July piece. But but Substack, Substack is uh, is uh, <clears throat> Substack is the only place you're going to find my writing these days. Ozzy Ozzy stopped having <clears throat> running new features in February. And uh, <clears throat> and they <clears throat> <clears throat> so if you want new writing from me, it's Eugene S. Robinson dot Substack dot com. That's it. No, the oven is on here, and we haven't really turned the oven on since the kitchen was done. So maybe there's dust in the air. 
So, so, um, and and that is that is the place, and it's not always grim. Today's piece was was about my my I heart money underwears. Again, let me reiterate: you can subscribe without paying. Don't have to read a few if you like it. You know, you give a few dollars here and there. That's it. That's all. No more commercials. <clears throat> anyway, this is version number one. A seven. One, the computer's about to go. Gotta go. See you next week. Look what you made me do! Ah! <laughs> <laughs>